0: And uh, we started the series with that song, Sound Mind, decided to, to close the series out this weekend with that song as well. And it was neat. I saw many of you kind of closing your eyes, kind of drinking that in and just doing some healthy stuff. And so we're going to talk about a Sound Mind, and we're talking about mental and uh, emotional well-being. And with each weekend, we've also done a follow-up on Wednesday called Deeper Dive. And this Wednesday is our final Deeper Dive. Uh, Last week, we dealt with kids' concerns. And this week, we're bringing back Dr. Terry Carell and Glenn Stanton and and Ana Opara, who are all mental health uh, professionals. And they'll be like a &A, Q&A panel that you can ask questions of. It's been very helpful. Uh, Last Wednesday... Uh, Christy, was the questions we were getting, she said, wow, I really appreciate how honest your questions are and you're just right out there with things. And I, I make clear to remind everybody that the, the, the ironic sort of mystery for us is that all the people that are perfect that planned to come to Christian Life Center somehow got divinely detoured and they never showed up. <laughs> Get it? So we're all a bunch of imperfect people here. Turn your neighbor to tell them that means you, all right? Some of you like telling them that more than you should have, but... We're all in process. And that's really what this uh, series is about. And so we've had a theme verse. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to let you stay seated if you read it with passion. All right. Ready, let's go. Beloved. Be in good health just as your soul prospers. That's a great verse from the Apostle John, and we turn that into a reflection. The Bible talks about our meditations of our heart and our words being pleasing to God. And so meditating on biblical truth like that is one healthy exercise that we'll do a little later. John 7, verse 38 is another verse that talks about the kind of vitality that's meant to flow from us. And Jesus said, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And so while we are all a work in process and we have those ups and downs, there is a sense of richness that is meant to come from our walk with Christ. And so uh, we celebrate that in lots of different ways. And in this series, it's kind of fun. Last night we do a debrief of the sermon and uh, we were talking through everything that all flow and, 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 you know, any points that were too long or not. And Dirk said, well, you had 19 scripture verses. And I go, whoa, is that too many? He goes, no, it's good. It's biblical-based. Uh, so, and he used a great phrase. He said, it's an actionable sermon based on biblical truth. So that's really what we're going to talk about as a finale this weekend. So to kind of look back, we started our series over here with Jenga. Remember that? And uh, boy, you play this game, everything is stacked real neatly, and you make sure you're careful, you don't disrupt it. And, and when you have uh, a sound mind with this, no big deal. You should have mental and emotional health when everything is perfect, just as you plan. Uh, but as I talked about the fact that life doesn't stay that way, you start taking it apart. This is more like everyday life. Can I hear an amen. amen? To have mental and emotional well-being as well as my soul in this is really what the Bible is referring to. And so we've been doing a lot of things, digging into the challenges we face with anxiety and depression and whatnot, uh, and just how to to overcome that. Uh, Over here then, I got to do some drawing, and we looked at one way to identify the way we're created. Theologians kind of parse it out different ways, but body, soul, and spirit. When you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you, and in a spiritual dimension, you're made perfect. And then our soul, which is kind of where our mind and our emotions and our will are, uh, Psalm 23 uh, basically says that as our good shepherd, God restores our soul. And so I become a Christian and the restoration process begins and it is lifelong. Can I see the hands of all those in that lifelong process? All right. You know, so we we renew our mind. All right. Romans, we'll talk Romans 12 later. And we we learn how to have healthy emotions and, and that really drives what we do. Why'd you do that while I felt like? Why'd you do that while I thought? And so our, our choices come from that. And our body has been miraculously created to interface with the inner part of who we are. And so we've also talked about, you know, how different chemicals are released in the brain that can create addictions, positive or negative. They can uh, lift your mood, uh, depress your mood, whatnot. And we did a math formula, Third John verse 2, what we just said. Add to that Mark 12, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we're supposed to love God with everything within us. And then Psalm 23, how he restores us. Romans 8, sometimes it sounds like and feels like an uphill climb. Well, it is an uphill climb, but sometimes it feels impossible for that restoration to happen. But then we encourage ourselves with Romans 8, uh, 8.31. It says, so what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And you put all those together, you have that sense of a sound mind. And so we kind of went there. Uh, and uh, from that, we derived uh, the... Internal response. Uh, how many of you have done the meditation? Where you, which, let's put our feet flat on the floor. If you haven't done it, you're going to do it right now. Okay, put your feet on the floor. All right, clear your lap. Put your hands on your lap. Sit up straight. You can close your eyes if you like. Take a nice deep breath. <sighs> Let it out. Do another one. Just notice your breathing. <sighs> While you do that, if you do it long enough, you'll probably slow your heart rate down to a healthier level. Often lowers your blood pressure. And so then what we think matters. So would you quietly whisper to yourself, May I flourish? Say, May I flourish? Say it loud. May I flourish? May I be in good health? May it be well with my soul. And as I've done that this week, I've paused on each one. May I flourish. I just imagined different areas of my life that I would love to see. I'm sure God wants to see me flourish in, whether it be relational, professional, uh, in family, uh, financially even. And then may I be in good health. And I've prayed for just different aspects of my physical health, mental and emotional health, but also ask for wisdom on decisions I make, choices I make that are good for my health or not so good for my health and and the self-control to direct those. And As I pray that it would be well with my soul, I pray that, that the Holy Spirit dwells and flourishes inside of me and from me. And it is so helpful just to be still. Just take that time. And so I hope that uh, that's not just an exercise we do on the weekend, uh, but that we practice it. And, uh, and then, if you remember, uh, I asked us to, asked you to join me in the great CLC social media pause. All right, how many of you did it? All right, way to go. Give yourself a hand. Um, I'd like to hear from like two or three people how that went, okay? First, first of all, how many of you, it was hard. Come on, let's be honest. All right, you found yourself going. To, I found myself had to break the habit of just clicking it, right? All right. Um, how many of you want to go back differently, or if at all? Having, okay, good. Me too. I told Josh I think I'm just going to go like once or twice a week and that's it. So I want to hear from a couple of people how it went, okay? So somebody over here. And Josh is going to be our roving mic. Okay, right back there. And you guys are next. So tell us how it go real quick.
1: Well, first, first, for foremost, I think probably it really refreshes mind, especially away from social media. There's too many distractions around the chaos of this on the world. But when we are taking a break, and especially to remove anything that is negativity, but but like I said, I mean, but what I learned from from the break is basically it's staying away from a very negative effects from the world. So to refresh your mind.
0: It's way more negative and downtrodden than you realize. And if you do the research, um, negativity keeps you clicking. And you might like looking at puppies and whatnot a little bit, but what really keeps you going back is, and so they know that. Somebody over here, tell us how it went. What'd you learn? Come on, or I'll draft you. All right, right over here, Caleb.
1: It was refreshing to just be with the people you were with versus when there's that quiet moment and you happen to pick up your phone and you click. So when I found myself getting to that point, it was like you could just tell the Holy Spirit was going, shut it down, shut it down.
0: Ooh, to really be with the people you're with. And so when we let ourselves go to this, we're really dissing our loved ones. So all of us who do social media at the count of three, can we say I'm sorry out loud on behalf of all the times we diss our loved ones? One, two, three, I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Um, Now, I also talked, this is spontaneous. I also talked about how keeping a sense of humor is important to mental health. So I'm just gonna put Caleb on the spot. Today he wasn't singing, he was being musical director. So when you see somebody with a mic and you can't hear them singing, but their, their mouth is moving, he's calling out cues to all the musicians Okay, while it's going on. So Caleb, um, you shared with me a piece of mental health, which is a sense of humor. So go ahead and tell yes, them your, your, uh, your, your dad joke. It's kind of a tradition before we start worship every time. I always tell at least the corniest dad joke I can find. And so today's jokes were, uh, there's two of them. I told the band, I said, Steve Harvey and his wife, they had a pretty bad fight last night. It's a, it's a family feud. Uh. And, then, and then the other was, uh, what do mermaids uh, wash their fins with? Of course, that's Tide. Uh-huh. And that was it. <laughs> now, I, I'm, a little, I'm a little hurt because my jokes are at least that good, and you don't laugh at them like that. So... All right, and then we, we had you do something. Is Rosie Garrett in the audience today? Next service. Next service. Okay, I'm going to pick, I'm going to choose Rosie, okay. So Rosie is about five foot nothing, okay. She works out at Planet Fitness where I do, and uh, she just wears the treadmill out. And so Rosie, I'm in the one area with the machines, and I'm working on machines, and Rosie always waves, and I wave, and she goes... <laughs> <laughs> So how many of you tried the therapeutic smile? Let me see. All right. So I want to hear two testimonies, how that went. Okay. Let's hear it. Somebody over here this time. All right. Right back there. We'll make Caleb do some running. Get your steps in. Also part of your mental, emotional health is physical activity.
1: So I went to work on Monday, and I had all of my coworkers sit with me and do a 30-second smile. And they hated every moment of it, but we all were laughing by the end of it.
0: Yeah! All right! (laughs) Awesome. Somebody over here. Josh will bring you the mic. All right. Right here. We'll do two. Stay tuned. Come on, Josh. Good for your mental health right there.
1: Well, uh, I also used it for myself because I go, I go smile at everybody, but then I go in the restroom and I'm just kind of like, you know, very critical. And I, so I've been smiling at myself to remind myself that's cool. But yeah, th- it really works. The 30 seconds is a long time, but it does work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more down here, Josh. Okay, good. I'm a teacher and um, had a student come in
1: in a really bad space. And I thought, oh, my gosh, let's do this. She thought I was crazy, but she was laughing and we were laughing and she started her day
0: a whole lot better than it was. So it was pretty cool. Awesome. yeah. <laughs> we, had a, we had a teacher last night and she said, I was actually being bullied by another teacher. And so I thought, that she, I just started smiling and it totally didn't bother me how rude she was. So, uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to do it. Stand up. Come on! Oh, don't you don't complain! Come on! This is, the, <laughs> this is the last week of the series. All right, put it on. Get it. Smile. Big smile. Toothy grin. Thirty seconds. Look at people and smile. Go. Thirty seconds. Call them out if they don't. <laughs> All right, 10 more seconds. Just keep on smiling. <laughs> you know, I can only imagine, like if you're new to CLC right now, you're like, what is going on? All right. Okay, have a seat. Uh, watch the, the previous weeks. It'll make more sense. And if you're online, you got to be doing that too, all right? It doesn't, doesn't exempt you. So we're glad you're with us. Well, if you have the CLC app, you can follow along with us on the outline. Let's talk about... When it comes to mental and emotional health, your responsibility. Because really, I'm primarily the one responsible for what's inside of me, and what happens there. Other people can affect that, but I can still respond uh, in a right way. So, first of all, would you say, "Love God, love others, love yourself"? Love God, love others, love yourself. That is basically a summary of Mark thirty. or Mark Mark twelve verse thirty. 31. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Everything that's within you. The second commandment is like this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. And what an incredible God we serve that one of the greatest commandments includes the command, love yourself. Say, love myself. myself. You cannot be obedient to God and be who He wants you to be if you don't love the person in your mirror. We talked last weekend about the importance of the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, kindness, patience, and and starting with being kind and gentle and patient with yourself. All right, another responsibility we have, would you say renew your mind? Nobody's going to do it for you. And uh, when we become a Christian, man, we are changed in our spirit, but that change in the way you think is a lifelong process. And some of us inherited more dysfunctional ways of thinking than others. I was going to say crappier, but I thought I should use a better word than that. So, but. <laughs> And uh, Romans 12, too puts it this way. Don't be conformed to this world, to the way this world thinks in negative, disparaging, arrogant, pessimistic, fearful ways. But be transformed by what? By renewing your mind. How you think. So you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. One of the greatest testimonials is living differently between your ears, and people begin to notice that because you aren't thinking like the rest of us. And then, would you say, uh, manage your thought life? In fact, personalize it manage my thought life. So you manage yours, I'll manage mine. There's an intentionality to it. And Philippians 4, verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing. We already talked that that doesn't come natural. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you minimize anxiety? Well, in everything, by prayer and supplication, that's a sense of humility. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, say Finally. finally. Whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, whatever is inspiring, any excellence, anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Is that the sum total of what you allow to run around up here? You can't necessarily control what thoughts enter your mind, but you can control a lot of what you do with them. For instance, let's go to UDF. Stopped there last night. And I happened to pick up some ice cream, all right? <laughs> Black raspberry chip, right, to be exact. So I want you to think of whatever your favorite ice cream is, and now I want you to put on it whatever you're going to put on it. Okay, I don't know, is it whipped cream, sprinkles, cherry, nuts, hot fudge, okay? Got it? So I started that with ice cream, but you did all the rest all on your own. You can control what you think. You can't control what your mother-in-law or your boss or your whoever says that gets the thoughts going, but then you can decide where you're going to go with that and what you do with it and what you tell yourself about that. And uh, I want to talk for a moment about whatsoever is true. Some of you are living with thoughts about life, about you, about them, maybe even about God that aren't necessarily true. One author said that we all take liberties with the truth in our minds and sometimes we don't realize we're doing it. And he said there are stories that might have been scribbled on our mental chalkboards when we were eight years old or even before we could walk or talk. We crawl into these fables and let a sentence or a paragraph that may have originated 30 or 40 years ago and has never been objectively tested and verified, we let it represent the totality of our lives. And there are about as many of these confused scenarios as there are people. And to some of you that have been thinking thoughts that may not be true or may not be true any longer, that somebody infused between your ears, by what they said. I don't care if it was a mother you could never please, a father who was never there, a boss that really gripped you up one side and down the other. I mean, I don't know, some, uh, an ex-spouse, an ex-whatever. Whatever, whatever it is that you continue to tell yourself that's not true, that's not, maybe it's, maybe it's true, but it's not praiseworthy, it's not inspiring. I'm going to tell you, in Jesus' name, stop it. Oh, I can, Yes, you can. You can control what you tell yourself. If nothing else, you can add new thoughts to tell yourself about those dysfunctional, destructive, imprisoning thoughts. So learn to manage your thought life. Learn to take captive, and I'm going to repreach the sermon, but take captive every thought. We talked about that. Learn to do that. And then the next point uh, is to be inner aware. Say be inner aware. The psalmist models that so well in Psalm 42, verse 11. Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me when you got this "Mm," going on and you don't even know why it's there? Stop and ask you, why am I feeling this? What's going on? Because a lot of times when I'm really stirred, stirred up here, it's because of what I've been thinking or vice versa. Hope in God, for I shall praise him, the help of my countenance and my God, the help of my countenance. That's what we do the, the 30 second smile. And it's amazing when you do that smile. I, it doesn't surprise me to hear what I've said, what you've said. People say, you know, we started doing it, and we all started just laughing, right? There is something that ha- the one who made your body also made your soul and your spirit. And so he created it that when you do this, This has a direct connection to this and this, and and serotonin other things are released, endorphins rather, and, and it gives you a mood lift. Just like another thing we said was, in addition to that, get exercise. The primary goal of exercise in this series is not losing weight. It's to do better here and here. It's amazing what it can do for you because God made you that when you do the right things here, it has a positive impact there. And then we said, uh, choose joy. All right. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So I want you to put your best uh, stereotypical. There's lots of great teachers. um, Real stern teacher face on. I want you to get your pointer out. Come on, get it. Everybody, do this. I want you to point to three people you don't know and just say, choose joy in as stern a face as you can. Just do it. Choose joy. Go on. Just pick on strangers. Choose joy. Choose joy. Okay? Some of you did that probably better than you probably should have, all right? That's what this verse is supposed to feel like. I don't care. Choose joy. Yeah, but, but choose joy. Yeah, but choose joy. Yeah, but choose joy. Say it sternly. Choose joy. Say it again. Choose joy. Because, boy, there's a, there's a rush of stuff that doesn't choose joy. And choose gratitude. Say choose gratitude. Choose Philippians 4.11, an amazing verse that's really hard in today's culture. Not that I speak from want, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. You know how you get contentment? Not by getting more. It's by learning to be content. Like our friend Wafuka in Zambia said, driving through rural Zambia, people love less than $2 a day. He said, enough is a choice. Whoo, let that sink in. All of you in the process has got to have a, mm. yeah, enough is really a choice. So with that in mind, I want you to think of three beat up, worn out old things that you have. And out loud, you're going to say a prayer of thanks for those three beat up, worn out old things. All right? You got it? Why, I want you to stay there. Here's the prayer. Thank you, God, for... Uh, nah, nah. And you can't do pouty. Thank you, God, for my old uh, No. We're going to smile and say a prayer of gratitude. All right. Out loud. Thank you, God, for three beat up... I mean, technology. You might have an iPhone 9, you poor thing. All right. I don't know what it is. Ready? One, two, three, go. Thank you, God, for it. Go on. Choose enough. Choose joy. And then the last one there. Be still. Be still. In Psalms 46, verse 10, says cease striving. Another version says be still. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. I like how Craig Rochelle says it. He says, Don't just do something, stand there. <laughs> we can be so prone to doing. How many of us are doers? Get her done, fix it, there's a problem, blah, right? Stop that sometimes. Because sometimes all you do is you get more stressed and more whatever. And he you didn't fix it, sometimes the best thing to do, don't do something, stand there, sit there. <sighs> sometimes the more you try to fix it, the more anxious you get. And in all, for all of us, just in our daily lives, we will be much healthier mentally and emotionally to find time to be still. So now let's talk about pearls, shop vacs, and traffic signs. So we're going to start with this little illustration here. This is you. Notice all the nice springtime cheery colors, all right? And there's a a smiley face. I made that myself, all right? It's electrical tape, okay? You're smiling for 30 seconds right there, all right? And it's a good day. It's springtime, all right? I said this morning, I did a sound check. I said, you know, the only thing that makes today better 17 degrees is snow on the ground. I'm from Cleveland, what can I say, but anyways, so spring is coming. I'm ready for spring, and so here you are, just having a great day, and you get you had breakfast and you were thankful for that and you you got a good walk in before you went to work or school or whatever and so it's just it's just going good, and you're thankful for all kinds of stuff, new stuff, old stuff okay and you're you're just doing all the right you you are a living sermon illustration right there, and then a friend of yours comes along and they're, they're that person that's sure to remind you of all the places the sun is not shining in the world. <laughs> and for everything you have to be thankful for, they will tell you why it's not that good. And by the time you're done talking to them, you are so down. I call those friends shop vacs of the soul. And you know people like that, that by the time you're done with them, they have sucked you dry. I won't ask for names. But how many of you know some shop vacs of the soul? And they just Now, it's really difficult if you're like married to them or they gave birth to you. <laughs> all right. Or you met, knew them as your brother or sister, but some of you work for them or they work for you or I mean, whatever. Shop facts of the soul tend not to be total strangers because they're not around you enough to just boom. When you encounter, when you have a shop of the soul on your schedule or you know you're about to whatever, you have that dread inside, don't you? <sighs> well, here's some advice because we all have shop facts of the soul. First of all, uh, let's use some stop signs. There are times when they are just going at it and they're just sucking all the life out of you. You may have to be as abrupt as and have pre-planned responses are really helpful. Say pre-plan. Okay, don't just pre-plan your funeral. Pre-plan your responses. <laughs> so you may need to, to say, okay, the next time they are on there, okay, before they oh, you know, you know what? Let me just change the subject for a second and then just. You ever notice that wall? <laughs> just whatever. Just just pre. <laughs> Learn, learn at times to stop it. Hey, you know what? I, I don't have much time. I'm going to have to get going. So learn to have some stop signs. Another, learn to have cautions. All right? So as you're thinking ahead, how many of you while I'm talking, you're already thinking of shop vacs in your life. Let me see your hand. Okay? Yeah, they're, they're coming to you, right? Okay. So when, when, you, when you know they're going to come, have some caution. Don't just do, 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 do. There they are, okay? I mean, you, you know they're going to do that. So when you're going to be with them, approach it with a little caution, a little premeditation, so that there are, and there are some subjects, oh my goodness, the, the shop that gets like triple suction, as opposed to other sub- subjects. So learn to steer that. Learn to kind of anticipate that so that you can minimize, all right, how empty you feel. Uh, and the, the next one is Guardrails. Guardrails are wonderful for not going off the road if we put them up, and so have guardrails. I was talking to somebody after the service last night that they have, um, they have someone who's a shoppeck of the soul who is also nuclear and septic all at the same time. And so, wow, you've got to, you've got to get guardrails to, okay, we'll, we'll meet in a public place, and, and then if it gets to a certain place, you know, whoops, I got to get going and we'll, we'll leave when this happens. You may have to structure it that much. Or, you know, you can you can have guardrails, okay. When there's other people around, it's not so bad. But so find ways that with those difficult people that one uh, church leader called EGR people, I've used that phrase before. What does that stand for? Extra grace required. Man, we all require grace, but there are some people who require extra grace. So when you have... Extra grace required. EGR people can totally ruin what you've been trying to do up here unless you control your thought life and you anticipate the relationship and manage some of the communication and the time with and whatnot. So, and and some people would say just cut them off completely. That's that's necessary probably in, in, in extreme situations. But most of us can just improve what's going on here and here just by being proactive and managing that relationship and that time and that communication with them more. All right? Another area of uh, mentally emotional well, well-being. Oh, I didn't give you verses yet. Sorry. Matthew 7, 6. You might say, well, oh, that sounds pretty unchristian. Well, but here's what Jesus said. I'm going to put it in a relational context. Don't give what is holy to dogs and don't throw your pearls before swine or they'll trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Sounds like an EGR person. All right? And so there are some people that you can just, all your niceness and all your consideration and all your, no matter what you do, they're just going to Trample it and turn on you. So if that's the case, then don't give it all there. All right, just just be sparing with that. Another verse, Proverbs 14 talks about a fool. Uh, other place talks about someone who's evil, but uh, leave the presence of a fool or you'll not discern words of knowledge. They're not going to give you words of advice. They're not going to give you words of encouragement. So if they're just straining the life out of you, then don't spend as much time around them. In Proverbs 26, 4, says, don't answer a fool according to his folly or you'll also be like him. We talked about co-brooding last week. Be careful because acts of the soul tend to want to turn you into one too. So uh, hold that thought. We're going to get there in two more points. But another area when it comes to mental and emotional well-being is avoid addictions. Would you say avoid addictions? Avoid addictions. Galatians 5.1 says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Now here he's dealing with people wanting to go back to the law and all kinds of legalism there, that Christ set us free. But freedom is a Christ idea. Jesus is all wrapped up in the idea of freedom. And so we look at John chapter eight, verse thirty one. Jesus was saying to those Jews who believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you what? Free. free. Go to verse thirty six. So if the Son makes you free. you will be free. indeed. Say free indeed. So if that is the case, and God gave us free will way back in the garden, uh, John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that you may have life and have it abundantly. There is meant to be an abundance in the sense of freedom, in the sense of, ah, it's well with my soul. What troubles me is how many Christians, how many of us voluntarily subject ourselves to yokes of bondage. And so if you are a person who dabbles in behaviors that can easily become addictions, use some wisdom. Some of you are addicted to gambling. I am, and I'm not excited about, now there's online sports betting. Anything for which you have to have a commercial and in the commercial, say, if you're addicted to it, call this for help. There's something wrong there. Same thing with alcohol. Same thing with drugs and other substances. Some of you are addicted to online. Some of you are addicted to screens, all right? Uh, We're addicted to social media. Some are addicted to shopping. Sorry, I had to go there, all right? Uh, Some of you are addicted to fun and recreation. How do you call an addiction? Well, if it gets your time and your money and you can't stop it, that's probably an addiction and your attention. And what's troubling, we had a board retreat this, this weekend, Friday night, and uh, I made the offhand statement that I've said before. You know, one of the guys said, I grew up in a real legalistic environment. I said, yeah, I did too. You know, when I was a kid, everything was a sin. Anybody else grow up like that? <laughs> Good news is now, nothing is. <laughs> I say this sarcastically. But I look at some of the behavior of the body of Christ and it just devastates me. I'm like, what are you thinking? How, how can you be voluntarily putting yourself into places of addiction when the sun is supposed to set us free. And that's why, one of the reasons we set up Celebrate Recovery, I'm so thrilled to have that. Mondays at 6 o'clock, come indoor too. We'll serve you dinner. Yeah, all right. And somebody said, I thought that was just for people like breaking free from like, you know, drug addiction or nuts. If you've got hurts, Satan will, will keep you a slave to how you were hurt. And he will just keep picking at that scab the rest of your life and never let it heal. And if you want to break free from that, celebrate recovery. Hurts. Some of you have habits slash addictions, whether it's with a screen or a bottle or a needle or powdered substance, I don't know what. And, and he, he wants to keep you addicted, but you come to CR, you're going to break free from that. And, and, and hab- habits and hangups, just Whatever stuff, whatever junk you you got in life, picked up along the way somebody gave to you, you can break free from that. Who the sun says free is free indeed. And one way they get there is through CR. And so this is your invitation. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, door two. And then the third one is, or fourth point is, have some life givers, all right? Talk about green lights, okay? Where it's like, okay, you know, just, ah. How many of you agree with me? Green lights aren't long enough, right? And some of us try to hurry up! right? So think of somebody that's, that's a green light kind of person in your life. I mean, you look forward to and you just, they're, they, they're inspiring, encouraging, whatever, right? You, they, they, and you want to give that back to them, okay? Make sure you have some of these people in your week. And you might be in a real toxic, difficult, uphill kind of environment and relationally, whatever, but and, you know, there are people who, you know, kind of like self-help folks, you know, you are, you are, you know, your potential is determined by the five people you spend the most time with. You can't necessarily pick the five people that you're around the most. You know, if you've got a boss who's dysfunctional, that's one of them right there. You know, most of your time goes there. So I don't know that that's the case, but make sure in the people in your life that, that if you, they aren't naturally there, that you find some green light Life-giving kinds of people. Proverbs twenty-five, eleven puts it this way. Like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Boy, there are some people, they just know the right thing to say at the right time. Have some of those people in your life. Proverbs twenty seven, seventeen, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. People the green light kind of people, they're good for you. They're not gonna always tell you what you want to hear, but when they challenge you, they do it with a sense of love and believing in who you are. Galatians 6.2, bear one of those burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. Make sure you've got somebody or somebodies that are green light kinds of folks in your life. And if you don't know who, where to start, then, boy, you know, make that part of your prayer. Lord, show me, guide me how to, how to increase my relational net to find people that can be that kind of green light person for me. And if you want one, be one. That's also important. And so we can't help or change everyone. But we can start with us. Say us. I said in an earlier service, if you say me and God is enough, that's not biblically correct. It's us and God is enough. His idea for church, for the body of Christ, was somewhat different than this, at least for many people. It was not meant to be you hurry up and park and you're running from the parking lot and you grab a cup of coffee and you smile, sit down, a service, and then you leave. That's not, that's not us. And so I want to I encourage you to think more in terms of us when you come to church. I'm, I'm coming to church for and with us. And uh, Ephesians four, verse, verse uh, thirty-two. Listen to what Paul says: Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. <sighs> that feels good. I want to be around people like that, don't you? Don't you? Don't you? First Thessalonians 511, therefore, encourage one another, build up one another, just as you also are doing. That's another ah, that's where I want to be. Well, that's who us is supposed to be. We're supposed to be the kind of people that are kind to one another and tenderhearted and forgiving each other and encouraging one another and building each other up. And and again, as I talked last week, it's hard to give that if you don't have that. So start with yourself. And one counselor was talking, we were talking about, you know, what about when, you know, hurting people hurt people, and when we're hurt, we kind of can lash out and whatever. And what about the the things I've done, mistakes I've made, and Satan beats me up with that. First of all, forgive yourself and ask for forgiveness. Lord, forgive me. And Lord, forgive them. Pray for healing. Heal me, because, you know, the wounds, the the hurt that I have that, that drives the hurt from me, that's in me. I pray it heal me and heal them and, and then pray the Holy Spirit, comfort me. Comfort me and comfort them. And, and in the fruit of the Spirit, you're starting to cultivate in me. Help me to, first of all, taste that kindness for myself. Taste that patience. That faithfulness. And help self-control to, to take its control Here. Teach you how to do that. And as we begin to to do that internally, and and then we get with a an us that is kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving, and encouraging and building up. It's a snowball kind of effect. So church is supposed to be. And then another thing that you can do is when you're when you're when you're looking at mental and emotional well-being. Uh, I talked about Dr. Seligman last week with happiness studies. He said, There's no denying the profound influences. I love it when secular science validates biblical truth. There is no denying the profound influences that positive relationships or their absence have on well being. And doing a kindness produces the single most reliable momentary increase in well being of any exercise we have tested. Doing a kindness. What does Paul say? Be kind to one another. It's good for them, but when you are kind to one another, it's part of how God will use that to restore your soul. The Bible says the Holy Spirit convicts us of what? Righteousness and unrighteousness. We got the Holy Spirit seminar coming up on April, April 1st. I want to show you, I want to show you how the Holy Spirit is active in your life. You don't think he is? I'm going to show you how he is. How many of you ever did something wrong? You knew it, and you felt convicted for it afterwards. Can I see our hands? That's the Holy Spirit convicting you of unrighteousness. Wants you to stop it. It's not good for you. How many of you though, flip side, ever did something right, something good, and you felt an attaboy, at a girl about it? Let me see your hand. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you of righteousness. The Holy Spirit doesn't just stop it, stop it, stop it. No, He's, yay, way to go. Do that some more. And doing a kindness. If you're in a really rotten place and maybe it's been gutting through this whole series. Yeah, right, okay. You can't get there. You know one of the best things you can do this week? Do kind little things for other people. Bible validates it. Secular research validates it. One of the best things that you can do when you are depressed and lonely and misunderstood, whatever, is, okay, then who can I do something kind for? Just little. It's amazing what it'll do for them and what it will do for you. I dare you to try. it? And then the third one. Last week I was thrilled with how many of you said you would join me in the... Social media pause and I asked you to stand and a bunch of you stood, you did really good and you, you did good this week. So I want to ask you to do something else because in preaching this, while I want it to do you a lot of good, I really want this series also to do us a lot of good. I want the us of Christian life to be so compelling and so drawing that people who could care less about God, they just want to come and be here with us. They can't verbalize because, because He's in us. And we are encouraging and loving and kind and all that. And then so it's just. So here's what I, how many of you want us to be even better? Let me see our hands. I'm setting you up. You know that, right? All right. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Here's a commitment I'm asking for you. That is, this is one of the most important things we could do in response to wanting more emotional and mental well-being individually and together as a church. One of the most important things we could do. Drum roll. He's not out yet. Okay, sorry. Boy, you're all right. I got a lap, roll. All right, here we go. Okay, here it is. If I want you to make a commitment, once a month, you will spend 20 minutes more at Christian Life Center, either before or after service, than you normally do. Just once a month. Now, some of you are already doing that, but like like last Saturday night. I was walking through the lobby and I was going back to my prayer room and, and all those tables were full of people just drinking coffee. I said, way to go, you guys, you made my day. Easily pleased, but you made my day. So if you will say, OK, once a month, we're going to get up early, 20 minutes, get here early, or we're going to stay after 20 minutes. And I've asked the cafe starting next week, serve coffee. Of course, you get both you get before and after anyway, OK? so. So grab a cup of coffee, grab a bottle of water, whatever. But I will add 20 minutes to being at CLC just to connect with you. be friendly at at least once a month. If you want to do that, stand up. Call you out. Let's go. Come on. Once a month. Yeah. Give him a hand. All right. And if you're sitting there going, what do we do? Just smile. You'll feel better, and they'll be drawn to you. Okay, have a seat. And so I want to go all the way back. It is so essential to have life verses that you're anchored in. And one of mine that really speaks to this series is to realize that we are, as no perfect people here, but we're a work in process. Philippians 1, 6. When I feel like Stan's never going to get there, or I'm back to square one, I'm confident this very thing, you began a good work in me will continue to bring it to perfection until the day of Christ Jesus. While I would have, he has never said, I am done with you. Forget it. He's faithful. He models it. And he who began a good work in you will continue to bring it to completion, to health, to flourishing, until the day of Christ Jesus, that he returns or until he takes you home. So this last song before we pray, we often don't know what to do with a song just stay seated and think about it and and apply it to your life because this last song says that God is in this story and by faith I want you to look back over the things you think about and you feel and whatnot, and I want you to insert God and His love and His care and His kindness for you and realize He's in His story and because of that He's not done yet so reflect on that and then we'll stand together and pray
1: There's torn up pages in this book Words that tell me I'm no good Chapters that define me for so long But the hands of grace and endless love Dusted off and picked me up Told my heart that hope is never gone God is in this storm
0: Give a round of applause that God is in your story. Would you stand with us as we close? And would you close your eyes with me? If you want to fold your arms kind of like a self-hug, you can. But just picture Jesus coming up to you and saying, you know, all you just heard the last several weeks, I'm going to help you with that. I've got plenty of comfort. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you grace. My grace is amazing, by the way. And I'm in your story. Right there with you. Lord, we are so grateful. You don't leave us as orphans. You leave us comfortless. You come to us and you comfort us. You inspire us. You move us. You've chosen us and you use us for your glory. Even with This story. So I pray a blessing, God, on every man and woman, every young person here, every child, that you'll be glorified in our lives, that you will continue to grow and nurture and cultivate a sense of mental and emotional well being, that it will be well with our souls, soul deep. And likewise, Lord, as the fruit of the Spirit is growing in us and we taste of it ourselves and we offer it to others. Lord, help us to be a blessing in the lives of other people and to, and to serve and be kind to others. And let, let that be the epitome here at CLC. The people can help but be blessed by the love you've given us for them. And so we ask all in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. Well, as you leave today, don't forget uh, Wednesday at 7. Uh, your section leader has a, a little tool if you'll ask them. Uh, they've got a, a card with helpful suggestions on the back. Uh, and don't forget, if you haven't gone gone to section breakfast yet, there's one this service and next. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for being here.